And welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RIP Refugees podcast for what feels like the 10th time. <laughs> We're going to try this again, guys. We have sorry people on Facebook. We really tried. Um, we are going to be getting our money back for what we spent on because um, apparently three streams is just too much or we might. I might have to come up with something else. I don't know. I'm going to think on this. But right now, we're just trying to get this on what worked before, which was Periscope and YouTube. So watch us there. Um, hopefully, everything will work now. Hopefully, my computer will be able to and my internet and everything else. Despite the fact I have a pretty uh, solid connection, um, hopefully, everything works. So, John, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm still uh, I'm on knife's edge. I feel like I've been... I feel like I've been uh... Uh, uh, scarred here, uh, but you know, hopefully, hopefully it turns around. Okay, yes, we are live. I see a picture of us uh, talking, although it's choppy. So we're just gonna keep talking. Uh, I, I'm good. I'm. It was humid this weekend. Also, what I've said now, I think seven times. It was really humid this weekend, <laughs> and it sucked. But it was very nice to see a win in person and make us feel optimistic about uh, how we're going into the playoffs. We should actually, instead of thinking if we do get in, it will be one game and done. We appear to have a team that could possibly make a run because the offense is actually starting to click a little bit, and the defense is consistently uh, throwing up short, shout out, shutout performances. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, they uh, and they actually played a game um, where they actually looked, um, you know, they actually looked like they were the better team out there, um, and that's something we haven't seen in a long time. Um, is the team actually looking like they're better? Um, like they were the good, they were the team that. Um, that deserved to win that game. And I think that's really important because uh, before we've seen them win games this year, they've won 12 games this season, but you know, not every one of those was games where you thought that they were the better team. Um, so that's really good. And that's really important. Um, I think uh, absolutely important. Um, and also it seems like the team has finally just figured out um, how to actually play like, you know, play well offensively, which is very, very good. Um, so yeah, those were I have very similar thoughts. It was a good game. It was a good win. Um, it had some ugliness after the game, which we will probably get into. Um, but overall, I thought it was a it was a good game. So I believe what we've got going on is a audio only experience, where I think I'm making a weird face that's frozen. But we're just gonna keep on rocking, and we'll we'll have Collins. I think we could probably still try that because that doesn't get affected by the video freezing. But anyway, uh, let's uh, let's just talk about this game. Let's get into it. You want to do that? Yeah, let's do that. Um, so DC United walks into the game. Um, basically, uh, hasn't played well against Seattle in the past. Hasn't looked well. Um, there was some a bit of a spot of good news. Uh, Nicholas Ladero. Um, Nicholas Ladero uh, was announced that he was uh, not available uh, for the game today. Um, I don't think they were exactly clear why. Um, I don't know if it was some sort of injury, but he did not travel. So that was like kind of a spot of good news for DC because he is very, very important to how um, to how Seattle wants to run. Um, he's a very, very key part of how they play. Um, so that was very, very good news for DC. Um, ben Olsen rolls out um, pretty much what we expected, which was the same lineup. I don't think anyone was uh, was really was really surprised. Were you, were you surprised at all? At that lineup? No. Uh, I for whatever reason keep hoping against hope. Uh, that my boy is going to get out there, but it's clear that he's not, and I just need to get over it and realize that it's not happening. Uh, he's he's a fifteen minute he's a fifteen minute man at this point. Although, if you did follow the Instagram account, uh, my man was getting out of a BMW i8 Roadster uh, on the way to the game, which you have to assume is a lease uh, in his in his current contractual situation. If he bought that outright, 
he is his financial planner will be very upset at him. Uh, it was not a, not not a smart move to buy that, that expensive of a car. Uh, but yeah, overall, I think I think we've seen this is the entrenched lineup, right? This is the lineup we're going to go into the playoffs with, barring injury. This is what Ben's going to throw out there every game. Yeah, I mean, I think what he's decided is that um, what I think what he has decided is that he is going to play the lineup that is going to best uh, lock down the game defensively. And uh, what is going to um, lock down the game defensively, and what is going to uh, what what's going to keep the keep the teams off the board? Um, and now, but now you're starting to see them actually work a little bit of the offensive game into the play, which they were very very good. It was almost actually kind of uh, harkened me back to what they did in 2018, which was just a sort of half field press uh, where they would try to win the ball and then try to move quickly. Um, and it was very effective. Um, and I've kind of wondered why maybe after, you know, this whole passing slow movement out of the back situation wasn't working, why they didn't just, you know, try to uh, try to go to that again. Uh, but um, I'm still not quite sure why, but uh, I was it was nice to see that in, the, in this game. Um, I thought, you know, Ola was good. Uh, Wayne Rooney um, looked like he had some sort of fresh batteries. Um, he was very, very effective. Should have probably had a goal. Um, he had a couple opportunities that probably on any other day would have found their way into the back of the net. Um, I think you would agree with that. Yeah, two posts. Uh, it was a, it was a post day. I think there was <laughs> maybe four posts hit total for DC United. So uh, the first half ruled. Uh, it ruled a lot. Uh, yeah, it was just it just felt it just felt like this is a this is now a team that really has a chance to to do some damage. The the midfield was passing the ball, moving really well. Um, it wasn't sticking anywhere on the field. It's a lot of times this team will there'll be a start of there'll be up there'll be a place, you know, in the midfield where someone will continue to make either backwards passes or will hold on to the ball too long. But for a good 15, 20, 30 minute period of the first of first half, uh, it was perfect. It, I don't think Ben could have had any complaint with uh, the way the play was going. So from that perspective, uh, really, really good start. And it didn't really change from there. No, it didn't. Um, no, it didn't. Uh, so, um yeah, so I mean, I think it's uh, it's 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 really good to see. Um, I thought TT also was very strong. Um, I thought he, of course, had a goal, which was great. Um, I thought he played really, really well. Um, really, it was just I don't think there's anyone I could really point to on the field and say that they had a poor game. Um, everybody I thought was really, really effective. Uh, DC got some luck. I think there was a, a breakaway opportunity um, that thankfully you know smacked against the the crossbar. Um, I think DC was very fortunate in that game. Kind of early so on, Jordan Morris, right? Uh, actually, I think it was Brad Smith. I want to say. Okay, uh, that's what. Um, that's what. Uh, that that's I believe what. Um, what uh, Dave Johnson said. So that's really good. Um, and I think that was a really good. Uh, uh, it was really good that they, they didn't give up that early goal because that really this game probably could have gone a different route. Um, but uh, I mean, it, it was. I just and the crowd was electric. Um, I, I got a quick question though, for sort of like off the fields, not really related to the game, but sort of related to the game. What do you think of the of the whole flashing lights thing when they score the goal? That see, that was a new experience to me because I I haven't they haven't they didn't do that in the last couple games. Yeah, uh, that so I noticed that first at StubHub or whatever they call StubHub Center now. They used to do that before games and during goals. Uh, Yankee Stadium does it after home runs. Um, I, I like it. I, I didn't think I would like it. Uh, it's sort of it's sort of gimmicky, uh, but 
I don't, you know, I don't. Audi Field has like almost no traditions yet, obviously, because it's a new stadium, and they're going to keep trying stuff out and see what sticks. Uh, I like when they played Chuck Brown after we won, although they've kind of stopped doing that. Uh, other than that, there is it's just sort of uh, <laughs> it's just sort of what it is. So I'm fine with it. We'll see if it sticks. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I, I kind of it, people kind of say like, oh, this isn't hockey. This isn't. But I like it. I thought it was cool. I thought it kind of brought a cool atmosphere to the to the stadium. It causes a little bit of like I don't know how like what the seizure like if it causes like if it cause any like seizures mm-hmm. with anybody. Um, I don't know if you know if that type of flashingness either on the TV or through the um, or th- at the stadium would cause any issues. But you know, I liked it. I thought it was cool. I thought it was something different, um, unique, sort of a unique experience at um, at Audi Field. So I was I was happy. I guess I, I was I, I was totally fine with it. Um, I, I kind of like it. I hate this whole like traditionalist type view sometimes with you know with team names with you know how commentators should act in games and and all this sort of like this idea that there's a right way to do things there's never a right complete 100 percent right way to do things there's different things sometimes they don't work the the hype man that uh Audi field tried uh in the opening game was not good no that and, was quick, quick turnaround on that one <laughs> yeah quick turnaround on that one but i think the things that you know you can look at and you say hey that's you know you can that can be unique and you and you can if you get caught up in all oh, that that isn't what traditional soccer teams do then you know you need to Get over yourself, and and I'll be pr- perfectly honest with that. Um, and you need to understand that you know you can do some fun, cool, different things, and, and soccer can be fun, and that's that's why it exists. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else, like anything else we want to like bring up about this game. Um, it, uh, yeah, let's talk about Ulysses Segura. Yes, um, of uh, of fame, of podcast fame, of of Twitter and internet defame. Uh, I. His reputation is of a sort of a plodding donkey player that Ben Olsen sees something magical in that no one else sees. And he'll occasionally have good games, but you like he's not going to be a threat. He's not going to beat anybody off the dribble. He's had a pretty good run in the side uh, the last couple games. I think this particular game he was he was very dangerous. There was a weird uh, there was a weird series where he dribbled past maybe six players and then sort of didn't get a shot off. Um, but the dribbling was cool, and his dribbling was so cool it made it into like a remix tape for the <laughs> week of like sweet moves, and they cut it right before he lost the ball on, on the 18. But uh, there, there's, I think, a change in, uh, at least on Twitter, sort of like the fan base's feelings about Ulysses Segura. I'm, I'm, I'm sensing it. Are you sensing that? Are you seeing that people are starting to give him more of a more of a chance? Yeah, I mean, I still think there's. There, there's still those people out there that I think that are like, I can't understand why, you know, Segura's out there and not, you know, Luciano Acosta. And, you know, my, you know, my, my response is, is, you know, right now you can have as much talent as you want on that field, but if you're not showing it, if you're not bringing it, if you're not, you know, out there showing that you want to be out there on the field, then you don't deserve to be out there on the field just because you're, you know, just because you're Luciano Acosta and just because you're, you know, the most talented player there. So, you know, what I see out of Segura is I see a guy, is he better or more talented than Luciano Acosta? No, but he is willing. He puts in the work. He puts in the effort. And he's actually having probably his best season um, at D.C., um, better than he, but even better than, than last season. Uh, he's put together some really nice plays, some really nice assists, some goals um, that have won D.C. some games. Um, so does he do things sometimes that make me even that sort of that pass back? I think, uh, Ariola, I think that dribble he had, I think if he had figured out a way to sort of find Ariola at that point, Ariola is wide open for, for a breakaway. Um, so 
there 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 are certain moments where I'm like he I think he tries a little bit too hard um, and loses the ball. But you know I think for right now what the team is and and you know in the future um, I think he's fine. Now obviously I think he's sort of the line. I want this team to get better uh, at that position at his position. I don't want him I think going in starting next season. Um, I think I would rather have somebody there who is at least challenging him. And I guess they already have that. They got Emil Assad, so he he sort of challenges Segura for that role, assuming they keep T.T. Rodriguez. And they probably will. Yes, I think I think, well, I think we're now we're getting to that point that they probably will. Uh, let's just uh, we'll keep talking about this. But in the meantime, uh, if you want to join this audio only experience that is <laughs> RFK Refugees, uh, give us a call and give us some give us some backup. Help us out tonight. Yes, two zero two nine zero five zero four five four. I'll say one one more time, 202-905-0454. Uh, talk to us about this game on Sunday. Uh, talk to us. Uh, we had a lot of conversation on Twitter in the previous week because uh, season ticket deadline was last Monday, uh, and a lot of people kept their tickets. A lot of people got rid of their tickets, and some people are just now for the first time getting their tickets. Uh, and I think there was a lot of conversation about that on Twitter, and I think that, uh, you know, I think that I think that there's a there's a lot of stories to tell. There's a lot of reasons people have for certain things. So one more time, two zero two nine zero five zero four five four. Yeah. So what's uh what's let's, let's finish up on this game. Uh, we, we won two nothing. We've got two games left. We previewed with Mark Fishkin a thing that people have not heard yet. Is that correct? Yes. Well, Patreons okay. have heard it. It's up on our Patreon page. If you were if you were a Patreon supporter, you heard this yesterday. You heard the only productive audio output <laughs> of uh, RFK Refugees last night. Uh, where we talked to Mark Fishkin uh, of Seeing Red uh, about New York. So we have two more games in the run-up here. We've got Red Bulls and we've got FC Cincinnati at home. You gotta love that, right? That's a good. That's a good uh, opportunity uh, to to really. Particularly, I, I'm not sure if if DC wins this weekend and New York loses. I'm not sure if there is an opportunity for us to lose our first round home game. I'm not positive. I'm not look the those that's what we'll do obviously this weekend is figure out the event the the ins and outs of where we finish and where we'll end up. Uh, but I, it's a it's a pretty promising setup. I think this team is on this team is heating up. Uh we did not expect it to heat up. We expected us to limp uh so hard and so far that we wouldn't even get into the playoffs. Uh so the fact that we are now playing maybe the best soccer of the year, tied me maybe at the very beginning of the year, right when it matters the most, uh you gotta be feeling good as a fan uh to you know, I think all of our expectations just slid up a little bit. Like before yeah. we were like just getting the playoffs, and now we're like maybe win a game, Let's yeah. go to the next round. We, we we should be there. I think that's fair. Yeah, I mean playoffs what, are still ridiculous in MLS. Yeah, and, and to be fair, this is going to be. A, I mean, this is going to be a very different playoff, uh, very different playoff picture um, entirely in, from last season. It's a single elimination game, one game. So I expect this playoffs to be an absolute mad sprint. I'm even looking at a team like LAFC, and they're on a five-game winless streak. I mean, they they blew everybody out of the water coming up to this game, and now they 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 have not won in five games, which is crazy to think about. But I think you know teams start running out of gas, and then suddenly now they're. I mean, we could be looking. There is a conceivable picture here now, and 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 before what it was looking like, it was like everybody in the East was kind of below. Everybody in the West, and it was kind of like you had LAFC, maybe a team or two, and then it was like the West and then the East. Now it's getting a little more interesting. Um, I mean, if we're talking, so if we're talking about positioning for DC. Um, right now, they are four points back of Philly. Um, Philly will play a game in hand on Wednesday. Um, I'm trying to remember, I had who they were playing, um, and I can't remember who they, who exactly they were playing. Um, I think it's New England. I want to say I'd have Red to go. Bulls? 
No, it's not the Red Bulls. It's not the Red Bulls. Who are you talking about? I'm talking about uh, Philly. Philly. I'll, I'll do that while you vanish. Yes, while you – anyway. But um, <laughs> So they have a game in hand on Wednesday. Uh, D.C., of uh, course, does not play on Wednesday. Uh, the Rebels don't play. Toronto doesn't play. Um, right now – Philly, uh, of course – Philly, of course, is playing uh, San Jose. San Jose, sorry, that's right. It's a weird Western Conference game at 11 o'clock. Um, but, I mean, there's a conceivable vision because even Philly um, is starting to slip up a little bit. They are not as strong as as they have been. So, I mean, really, third place is unlikely but very much in play for D.C. Uh, next up is the Red Bulls. Obviously, they play the Red Bulls on Sunday. Um, a win there virtually means the Red Bulls cannot catch them, um, regardless of, of what happens in the final game against Cincinnati. Um, Toronto, of course, has their Canadian Championship game on Wednesday. They then go back. Um, D.C., so if Toronto loses then on the Sunday, um, and of course I am not prepared at all. I forget who they are playing. Um, I do know they play Montreal in the Canadian Championship, uh, but they play Chicago, um, who's still fighting for a playoff spot and actually is fighting – with New England for for that for maybe that final playoff spot, um, they could be Chicago, eliminated. Chicago playing with very like serious. I hate my last boss energy. <laughs> like uh, like really 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 being like, oh man, we really hated Andrew Hopman, and now we're now we're gonna try again right before we get to Soldier Field. Yeah, weird, weird that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're like they have they actually have an opportunity. I mean, right now New England um, is currently they are playing. Uh, they play ter- Portland, uh, who's struggling and barely might be limping into the playoffs. If you want to talk about teams that are limping into the playoffs, um, but they could still yeah, be alive. Struggle. They could also be eliminated. Um, if New England wins against Portland, um, Chicago, I think, is pretty much eliminated. I think it's six points, and I don't know if they can catch them on total wins. Um, at that point, they might be able to catch them, but then there's goal difference to to deal with. So uh, they would effectively be eliminated. So that could come into the calculus as well. Um, but if getting back to my original point, if Chicago wins on um, if Chicago wins on um, Chicago wins against Toronto and then DC wins, uh, then DC locks up fourth place and the home game uh, before they even have to kick off the final game. Um, and they might be in a play for third place depending on how things go with Philly. So um, that's kind of the calculus that's in front of DC right now. Um, my wife added all of the prospective playoff games to the calendar. Including MLS Cup <laughs> into my into my Google Calendar, which cracked me up. I was like, "Yeah, that's possible." I suppose <laughs> we should right. put it on there. I guess let's let's go to our caller. Yeah, we got Eric on the line right now. Eric, how are you doing? Welcome to the Videoless RFK Refugees Live Show. Hello, hello. Uh, I'm a little hoarse still from the game, um, so uh, I I was super pleased with how things went on Sunday. Uh, I, I think the most controversial thing i think on the top of everybody's mind is of course the light show uh <laughs> and uh uh I, I thought it was fine in the stadium i had a great time uh and yeah. uh my parents who were watching on tv said it was awful and we had a disagreement about it anyway um <laughs> i just want to say i don't i don't know how many people saw this but i i, I saw um a a a, a uh, there, there's, there's some post-match audio from uh frederick uh Briant. And uh, he said that right before the Montreal game, the, the team had a uh, kind of a come-to-Jesus talk in the locker room before the game where everyone kind of laid out uh, exactly what they thought was going on and exactly what they thought needed to happen for this team to be successful. And apparently uh, a lot of 
a lot of grievances that people have been holding on to. Uh, no, no one, no one by name was mentioned, but uh, a lot of grievances were aired, uh, and a lot of uh, the a lot of the players uh, uh, came up with a you know here is how we move forward. Um, and I, I thought that was a really interesting uh, 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 just thing to keep in mind uh, while watching this game and just seeing everyone's energy. And, and I, I, don't, I, I haven't seen the team uh, uh, defend this aggressively, attack this, like, uh, 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 courageously in, what, like months, right? Yeah. Uh, this, oh, this, uh, this, really this grievance that. airing, this grievance airing was before the Seattle game? It was before the most recent game? Uh, I, 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 I believe, and, and you guys are more than welcome to correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I heard in, uh, uh, it was at the post-game clip, I think it was on MLSsoccer.com uh, the other day, about, uh, uh, it was Briant or someone mentioned that it was before the Montreal game. Okay, Which got makes it. sense, because that's kind of when everything started shoring up defensively. Uh, not that defense was ever really the biggest issue, but I think everyone got back on board. I mean, it just looked like people were making chances. Like, Ariola didn't score any goals, right? But he was just all over the place in the attacking third. Like, like it was it was spectacular. I also want to bring up uh, Segura and Knaus and uh, Briant on that right side have really found a way to uh, uh, just create scenarios where where they are able to get the ball uh, get get themselves into places where they're going to get the ball and then be able to get in crosses or or, or get on the end of crosses from Rooney or or, or TT on the on, on the left side and I think that really has added a a, a, a dynamic uh, uh, avenue that DC has not had in like like I said in like months um, and I just wanted to know, uh, I don't know, did you guys see that at all? Go ahead, I John. That I was talking to my wife as, as we were as we were watching this game. It was like, I haven't had this much fun watching this team <laughs> since it was before it was hot. Like, just like like mid-June, I feel like, was when I was last like, yeah, this this rules. I'm glad we got these season tickets. And then the last, <laughs> the last month and a half, two and a half months, three months have been kind of a, a punishing slog. So I, I, it would not surprise me. I, I think I've heard all other conversations about sort of, uh, you know, full team meetings about, um, the the players having you know issues with certain other players and maybe commitment. I think some of those players are no longer in the lineup. I think probably some of the some of the problems that people had with players were probably people not getting back on defense, people not committing all the way, people loafing. Um, I can think of a few players that are no longer in the starting eleven that were at the time that are <coughs> not, not playing it yet. Two of them. I can think of two actually, two or three. Um, and only one of them is my boy. The other one's not. The other one's a guy on loan that we're probably going to send back to his team uh, when the thing's done. But yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it's it, it's it's a precipitous change, and it's if it's a players called meeting, cool. If it was Ben, that's cool. I'm not I'm not sure that it was. I think it was just the players that decided that they've got to take control of this thing that had spiraled out of control a little bit. Uh, I'm glad they did because now this team looks dangerous like we've been saying this team actually looks like it's gonna make a difference instead of just either whimper out and be a complete disappointment and uh and sort of validate everyone's concerns about both the team the coach and ownership or it does this thing where it, it becomes a different team we have a uh, split personality all year round we go from good to bad to bad to good into the playoffs uh, it's it's a very confounding team yeah, and I would say I was just happy to see Rooney taking random pot shots again. 
Agree. Yes. No, I think there, there's absolutely something to that. He was having he was having some fun. I think he was he was determined to score. He knows that this is this could be. I mean, it, it is it, right? But like, it could be really it. There's not too many opportunities, and he was trying to score for the fans and for himself uh, instead of sort of just like, you know, you know, check in, check out, uh, hit the time card. That's sort of what it was feeling like before. Yeah, and I think also you know just the the energy he brought was fantastic, and I think like like John said, and I think you you do bring a point that I think you know I think the meeting certainly seemed like it helped. Um, I also think that, you know, Ben Olsen deserves uh, credit for what he was able to do uh, this year. Um, the, there were a lot of people, including myself, who were like, this is it. I mean, Olsen's done after the season. This is spiraling out of control. John, I think pre, uh, pre-season ticket holder event, you were kind of on my boat. That and, and even a lot of people who I talked to who, who kind of rolled their eyes at a lot of the Olsen out people were like, I think this is it. I think this is, this is, it's time to, to find something else. Um, and, um, I have to give him credit. And I think, uh, I think Eric, do you have anything else? Uh, we, we were going to let you go. I just wanted to say, I, I think the whole after the game incident is despicable and atrocious. And as someone who sat with the supporters every single game for the last like four years, I am just appalled. And I think everyone who sits there is anyway, uh, keep, keep the show going. Eric, guys. Yes. Have a good night. Love what you do. Eric, before you hang up, Eric, does that feel out of character yeah. to you? Does, does this does this feel like something that uh, happened every week as as people have been some or not every week but many times as it sort of has been described? Uh, sorry, you, you, the, the the jumping of the Seattle players. Yeah, yeah. Is that yeah, some? Yeah. yeah, is that the, some? Th- there were there was there were some comments no. that came out afterwards saying that like yeah, uh, a group will always do this every game and sort of and then and sometimes stuff happens and sometimes it doesn't. Does that does that jive with your experience with the people you sit with every week for four four years or? Or does that seem not like at all? Not right. not a single not a single bit. People get vitriolic during the game. There's alcohol flowing. I know how that is. It's a big event, but the vast majority of the time, the 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 supporters group keeps to themselves, right? Like we're we're, yep. we're sequestered in a small section of the stadium, and the uh, uh, the opposing fans are not let out until like like what like like half an hour after the the game's over. About that, yeah. By that point, they're leaving via a different different exit. That the 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 fans, if we've won, there's usually some sort of event on the north side where there's either drummers or singing or or something going on there. Where it's like they couldn't care less what's going on uh, (laughs) with the other fans leaving the stadium. Um, So I I I don't want to throw any anything around because you know I did I didn't see it myself, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But. I, it just does not mesh with the vibe that I get from the from 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 what I've seen these last couple of years. Yep. Yep. Thanks. Okay. Thank. Thanks, Eric. I think we're all. I think we're definitely all in agreement right. about that. But thank you. Thanks for calling in, man. We appreciate it. <laughs> so, Ted, let's let's. Uh, I mean, there's not too much to say there. If you, it, it, there's a possibility that you're a listener of Osmond. Don't know what happened i guess yeah it's possible it's possible although it's been was covered on like uh channel nine once again uh channel nine and channel seven covered dc united when uh when some a piece of the building falls on an employee or if there's a fight outside the building that's pretty much it um so say you don't know we'll give you a quick a quick synopsis uh there was a group of seattle sounders fans who had come to the stadium to see the game they were escorted out 20 minutes after uh after the, the the finish of the game and apparently they were jumped by a group of supporters 
Uh, they said Barra. I don't. I mean, that's how I don't. Unless they were wearing Barra shirts, that's a that's a kind of a that's a hard stretch to, to know who it was. Uh, there's apparently some video. I've not seen it. I yeah. think it was turned into authorities. Have you seen it? I have not. I've not seen the video. Um, I think someone posted it and it was taken down or something. Or I, I think I, it was the guy. I think it was the original guy. Yeah. I, I think that's probably smart of him, particularly if he's putting a, a police report in like he should. Um, but so the, I think the the real things to draw out of this that warrant discussion are one. It appears that CSC uh, their obligation to uh, intervene and do anything ends where the Lions Stadium ends. Uh, and from that point on, uh, people are on their own, unless there happens to be cops there, which there are not normally just cops hanging out there. Sometimes there's uh, traffic guards, but they're not going to get in the middle of a fight. So that's something. That's something to, to I'm not, I think that there's going to have to be some clarity on that in the coming weeks. Mm-hmm. I think DC United and MLS actually, uh, you know, owes it to particularly uh, traveling fans. I've been a traveling fan a couple times, not as many as I'd like. And I've always felt safe. I felt safe in LA, Toronto. Philly, um, Philly less so, <laughs> but that's a different story. Um, but uh, I think we need to know what the deal is, what the real protocol is there. And then if that is the protocol, then they need to DC Metro police has to um, throw a couple cops there for the, for 30 to 45 minutes after the game, just to make sure that everything's all right. It should be, it almost always is. Um, but this time it wasn't, and that's not acceptable uh, in any, in any context at all. So uh, go ahead. Yeah. I, here, here's what I'll say is there are there are idiots in when you get a large collection of people you get a large you know organization huge organization like the barabava that has you know thousands and thousands of members there are idiots and there are people um <laughs> there are people out there that uh think this is 1980s england they think that they this is you know what you do you have to you know show up you have to and and they do these absolutely atrocious and dumb things um they these have there have been people saying it happens all the time uh that is certainly not the case uh i would say close to 95 to 99 percent of the people that are in the ultras the bara all across there are wonderful people screaming eagles as well wonderful people who care about the club who who want to show strong support for the club want to bring an atmosphere to the stadium um, and don't want to engage in these in these in these violent acts. Um, I hope the people are caught. Um, I hope that we, I hope that the team takes efforts to better protect away fans. Um, give them, you know, a police presence. You know, have a more of a police presence around the stadium. I think would be something that would help. That could dissuade uh, dissuade these types of actions. Um, you know, figure out. You know, organize better with the away support. You know you know, organize buses or a bus for them or something like that. You know, I, I hope these things can sort of, you know, prevent those types of things because there, there are idiots out there that think that this is, you know, that this is what you do is you go out and you fight. You know, they watch Green Street Hooligans and think this is how this is how you should behave if you're a hardcore soccer fan. And it's absolutely wrong and it's absolutely um, despicable. Um, so it's it's tough to say. I, I have... I have seen, you know, one or two incidences maybe in the last five years of of violence. Um, I know there was an incident several years ago between Red Bull and and DC fans. Um, you know, I I hope that this doesn't that you know what comes out maybe that you know it's someone really close to the Barra and then there's sanctions and then there's um, all kinds of other things that sort of that sort of happen. 
um, that, you know, that, that sort of the team, you know, maybe overreacts or overextends. Um, that's kind of one concern I had. Um, but you know, I hope the people are caught and I hope that they are, uh, that they are, you know, brought to justice. They face charges. Um, it's not good. What it's not at all good. What happened? Um, and, uh, it's, it's kind of, a, it's really a shame because they kind of ruined what should be a really good, um, a really good, uh, evening for DC, a team where we finally see this team play well, this team put out in a convincing win. And it's almost ruined by these idiots that think that, you know, that this is a, a way you behave. Um, so it's, yeah, and these dummies don't realize the amount of cameras that are outside of Audi field <laughs> and all the streets there. So I think they're going to regret this, uh, for more, more than one way. I think we have a, I think we have uh Dan, I believe it's Dan duck probably. Who wants to talk about season ticket holder calculus? A thing that I yes. really want to talk about, obviously. Yeah, and this is what we, this is what we thought the show was gonna was, was sort of gonna lead to. So we definitely want people to call and call on the number two zero two nine zero five. We're sorry about the video. Um, the the video is working, so to speak. Um, something's up with with one of the programs we use to actually broadcast the video. So we apologize for that. But you Dan's on the phone. Like that, What's that? Yeah, you know, you know what we look like. <laughs> Just imagine us. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Dan. Dan, what's going on? Your your floor is yours, my friend. Go ahead. So, uh, not I, I I was calling to talk about the renew not renew thing, and not to harp on what you guys are already talking about. Um, but even going to a skins game at FedEx as a skins fan felt like a more precarious proposition yep. than I feel like being an away fan. At an MLS game because just so many people are three sheets of the wind and ready to rock. Um, I was just so. going to say that. I was just going to say that because this happens here once every, you know, year and a half where there'll be something league wide that happens and it becomes like, is this an epidemic? Are these people violent? And then you go to a Buffalo Bills game every weekend and there's like 15 brawls and 35 tables on them. So you, you are you are you are right that uh, this is just a challenge of people people spacing alcohol. And it, you know it's it's <laughs> yeah, something it's so, something. So zooming out from that. Yeah, go ahead, Dan. Sorry, I, I want to bring on what you wanted to talk about, but go ahead. So zooming out from that, you know, for me personally, going to a DCI game is the most pleasant sporting experience in in DC, and that was a big reason why. I was on the, the, the renew camp for re-upping um, my season tickets to come back next year. And also they made it opt out. So if you kind of sat on it, then right. you were getting renewed. <laughs> <laughs> that helps. That happened to one of my friends too. I think he's like, oh yeah, I think today was the opt out day. And I, I don't think I did it. So I'm, I'm back in for next year. So Playoff tickets are also <laughs> opt out, uh, yeah. which is fine because I was going to buy them anyway. But then in the email, it's like, if you don't do anything, you bought them. So congrats. <laughs> yeah. So that is that is definitely a move. I guess that's an approach. Um, so, I, Dan, I'm largely like you. I feel like I am a, I am a captured fan for the most part. I think there are some, you know, there are some ex- exigent circumstances that are having me step away for 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 the moment. Uh, but for the most part, uh, I don't care. I mean, I care obviously about how what the performance of the team is and what the front office is doing. But I was a season ticket holder in 2013. I was a season ticket holder in 2010. I have seen shitty soccer, I and I love the team despite it. So it really wasn't going to matter. It's this is where I can go see my team. Uh, I can have my same seat and I can have the money just taken out of my account and I don't have to think about it instead of having to be charged every time I go to the game. That's really for me what it is about. 
and I feel like it's part of a. I feel like you're part of a community. I mean, that's sort of it's a it's a consumer community, but it feels like you're part of a, a community where you're investing. You're putting a marker down and saying, "I believe in this team and this in this in this city and this perspective." Uh, and uh, here's my money, and here's how I'm going to prove it. Is that is that sort of how you feel as well? Yeah, and I mean, in, unless they have two or three 2013s in a row, it's going to be cheaper for me to have season tickets. Even when we're playing FC Cincinnati, my tickets that I'm paying 32 bucks a seat for are 60 bucks on Subheld, and like I've tweeted before, when it rains, I'll just convert my seats into UberX trips and, <laughs> and buy a cheap seat over where John is under a roof. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's the that's where that's where the action is. It's all about it's, the the downside is you have to look into this into like uh, God's eye sun uh, at any game that doesn't start at eight o'clock and be blinded. But that's the only downside. Everything else about it rules. So one hundred four is where it's at, people. Yeah, and- trying to find a section. <laughs> And I think I think they are, you know, slowly hearing some of the stuff about, you know, bringing back some of the. I wasn't a season ticket holder back in the RFK days, and like they're having the open practice early October, Wednesday at eleven a.m. But it's <laughs> yeah, but like those things, I feel like they're starting to happen, and just the value proposition. And I want to go. I was already on, like you said, I was a captured fan. And I feel like some of the icing stuff. I'm hoping. I'm I'm optimistic that some of that icing stuff will be coming back. I'm, I'm hopeful as well. I'm I'm probably at this point not going to buy season tickets, but I I want I want fans out there to be engaged into their local team and buy tickets. So um, we we do have actually another caller who I think is waiting. Uh, Dan, did you have anything else you wanted to add? Um, no, I think that's it. Just. How were the pupusas? Because I know there's been debate about the quality level. So how were they when you went? Um, I stopped. Did you have one? That's right. You had one. Yeah, I had one. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, both me and my wife. I think my wife ate one, and um, our, our stomachs weren't feeling too good after that. So I'm not quite sure what happened. Um, I thought they oh. tasted fine, but um, Ted yeah. throwing out Ted throwing out health violation uh, <laughs> feed at them. For for me, they're just getting a little a little stingy with the filling, a little bit too much. Yeah. Pasta not enough uh insides uh that's only that's that's my beef yeah yeah so um i mean i i don't know I, maybe just been a bad day but um do i have 30 dollars in fam i have to spend uh for this last game on food certificates you better believe it so if you ever want <laughs> come find me against fc cincinnati and i'll buy you something like a super pretzel or something <laughs> I, there's no way i eat this much this much money in food it's not possible all right dan thanks so much for calling thanks, in man. Yep. yeah right. and uh yeah, I mean, I'm I'm hopeful that they do start to take those types of things. Um, so they will. yeah, they, I, they, I think they will. It was just this weird middle of the season where they didn't. Yeah, uh, and I think I think now we're there. So people next year will have a better experience than people this year. I think is the truth. Yeah, and I think you know they they it's a lot of it has to do with Rooney as well. So um, we have Albert on the line right now. Uh, Albert, you wanted to talk. Uh, looks like you want to talk to the New York Red Bulls games, playoff injury implications, and Rooney versus Kamara. So. Fire away, my friend. Uh, hey, there's my first time calling, so I might be a little bit ner- nervous, but I'm one of the more uh, younger fans, and I went to attend the uh, Seattle match with my dad. And, and uh, Rooney, uh, you know, unlike the last few matches, actually played really well, you know, hitting the bar a few times, couldn't get the goal, and, and uh, giving the assist to Briant. So my question is, really, 
uh, with Rooney, you know, giving this performance, would you put him as the main striker for the Red Bulls game or perhaps bench him, get Kamara in there, or maybe run uh, both of them as, as uh, you know, the two up front? So I think I think you're not going to – I don't think you're going to see any changes for the rest of the season. There are two games definitely left – sorry, three games definitely left for this team. Uh, there's the game against New York, the game against Cincinnati, and then the playoff game. Um, right now, you you have a situation with Kamara where he's still, you know, he started a couple games, got got his fitness back under him. Um, but I think at this point, you can, you know, essentially use him as a super sub and and bring him in. You know, when you play this well, you don't really want to change things. Uh, you want to reward, you know, good performances, and this was a good performance. Um, I think. I think Kamara might have been a good thing for Rooney because I think it got him reengaged. Um, I think it got him saying, do I really want this to be, you know, do I want to limp out this contract? No, I want to show I can still do it because people are people were starting to question and there was a lot of general upsetness about him. Um, and so he puts in a good performance, comes in, plays well. Um, you know, I I think we will see if, if Kamara is 100 percent. I think we see Kamara starting on the bench. Uh, coming on for Wayne Rooney. Um, you don't want to mess with a good thing, especially when you've got a couple games left um, and then you're in the playoffs. And you're fighting for your you know, your positioning because uh, a home game is, is you know, DC's away record's been pretty good, but you want to obviously have that home game. I want to have that home game. Uh, right. I, I want to go to one more game. <laughs> Ola is definitely not 100%. I think, he's not, I think he's unlikely to make the bench this game either. They're going to be very careful with him mm-hmm. because what they cannot afford to have happen with him is they push him, he comes on and injures himself and get, rules him out for the rest of the year. Um, Wayne is on the up, as you've seen the last the last game or two. Um, also, Ben is starting to get smart and subbing him out around 70 minutes, 75 minutes, and giving, getting a little bit off his legs, which is smart. Uh, and Quincy's getting the opportunity to do what he does, particularly in a situation where we're ahead in a game. Um, so I think that Ola is likely to cont- – they're going to bring him along slowly, make sure that he's ready to go come – our first playoff game and then we'll really have an opportunity to see what does the game dictate who are we playing what are we on the road what's not that that matters because the single elimination but what it what have him as a as a tool for for ben to deploy as necessary but i think that you're gonna like like ted said the lineup you see is what you're going to see from now on unless someone gets hurt of course of course with uh Ola kamar coming in i feel like rooney's definitely gotten better because we saw him limping around against uh well the last few matches that he was in and then Finally, he's actually making an impact from what I saw. And it isn't just us depending on our midfield, like in uh, Portland and in Montreal and, you know, the other matches. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we're, we were happy to see it. I think that uh, I'm not sure how much of it was down to motivation or, or whatever else. I think it's just this is he, you know, he's an excellent player. He always has been an excellent player. He knows that he's coming down here to the final days. He does care about what the fans think about him. He wants to put on a good performance and he's motivated. And the rest of the team around him is playing well, too. And that is something you can't you can't discount. The rest of the team is has brought it up another notch. We found a formation and a lineup that works and a defensive midfield. I mean, just this is a he's in a position to succeed. He doesn't have a Costa like he did last year, but he has players around him that are finding him in positions for him to be dangerous. So we are you got to be happy about the way things are, uh, and then Wayne sort of how he's going to end his time with DC, uh, sort of on the way up instead of sort of red carding his way out of uh, way, way out of DC. <laughs> All right, uh, Albert, we have a, another caller, actually, who's ready to get on. Um, so I think we're going to let you go. Uh, any... can, I give, can I have one last question? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Yep. Uh, so with, with Canals, you know, playing right back and playing really well, do you expect him to continue playing right back until the playoffs and uh, having Felipe and Moreno as our, uh, you know, central, I mean, our defensive mid? 
I I would say right now with the way the team looked uh, against Seattle, um, I don't see any reason to change that. Um, we all were very high on you know Leonardo Hara to start the year. Um, I'm thinking things have gone south with him uh, because he's not even he's not even making any appearances anymore. Um, I think he uh, I'm trying to remember if he was actually even in the subs bench um, for this game. Um, but at this point, I think you look at how well Canals and Canals has done excellent as a right back. Um, and Felipe, um, Felipe's been managed to be a good boy. He hasn't gotten himself in any trouble. Um, there hasn't been any uh, incidents. Um, and he's been kind of an underrated. Uh, we were all hating the move. And he's played really well, too. Uh, he Moreno Moreno's kind of even sort of um, uh, regained a lot of his sort of his form. Um, I'd like to see him maybe take a couple more shots. I think he had a couple opportunities where I'm like, you know, come on, Moreno. You, you have that ability. You can fire that from from that range, but, yeah, um, <laughs> you know, he never does. You're right. But, uh, but you know, I, I, I think at this point, I, I'm not expecting any major changes unless something there's injury or something goes really wrong in the next couple games against, uh, New York or Cincinnati. Um, I, I don't, even then I think it would be, you'd be hard pressed if, if they don't play as well against New York, but still get a result. Then I think you keep, you keep going. Um, there, there isn't really any more time to make any major changes. Uh, so, and this is working. And right now, what's working? You've got you know two games. So, uh, but uh, thanks for the call, Albert. We're gonna grab somebody else. I think. Call back again, Albert. Yes, call back in. We really appreciate it. All right. Yeah, I mean, I I I don't see any major changes that the team's gonna make. Nope, nothing. Um, Don't even like when the when the when the the image comes out ninety minutes before the game. Don't even look at it. Yeah, it will be exactly the same. Yeah, reuse it (laughs) unless there's an injury. Unless there's an injury, Um, there won't be. Everything will be fine. Yeah, everything's gonna be fine. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. (laughs) All right. Um, once Skype decides it wants to actually connect, we got Pat on the line. Pat, welcome to RFQ Refugees. How can we help you? Hey guys, how's it going? Good, good. Um, I was just calling. I was calling to talk about um, season ticket renewals. Yeah, go ahead, man. Um, so yeah, so I just I renewed my season tickets. Um, thought it was a really good value. Um, I'm switching sections. I'm going from the supporter section to the opposite end of the stadium. Um, but like, I, I, I think you know, I, I don't know totally where all the gripes would be from people who aren't renewing their, their season tickets. And obviously, everyone has their own their own reasons. But I just think I think a lot of people who care a lot about the team tend to like maybe overestimate how much um even other season ticket holders are as involved or think about um you know some of the critiques of like the front office or some of the ways that people feel like the club is screwing things up because i i think if you if you go to every dc game and you just you know eat sleep breathe dc united you can lose sight of like just how much fun these games are to go to um like it's an it's like an incredible experience anytime i've ever brought someone uh, to their first game they're blown away by audi they're blown away by audi field there's not a bad seat in the place um, the games are super fun. Um, like it's, it's just a really good product. And I mean, I think there are, you know, there are some things I think you can tr- critique the, the, the team for, but, um, overall, I think they've actually done a really good job. And I think the front office even gets a little bit more flack than, uh, than they deserve, honestly. Yeah. It's, it's tough for me to say, you know, people who have been going since 1996, who've been showing up to every game, um, I think there there's a lot of investment. Um, I think the team in the front office, uh, there were some very, very serious missteps um, sort of leading into the stadium. Um, even even before then, there were things that 
um, that were not there. There were there were people installed in that team that definitely catered to the fans' every need. You know, they organized bus trips. They they really put a lot of effort into into appealing to those fans. Um, and then you kind of have other people come in that sort of treat this like you know any other sporting operation. Um, and so I think that change definitely affected things. Um, I think what we saw with the the supporter group controversy um, really angered a lot of people, um, and I think people. Yeah, I mean that was that was that was boneheaded for sure. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Yeah, and I I think it I think it it caused a lot of strife, and I think the team is starting to do better. Um, I just think it it's not coming along maybe as quickly as people want. Um, and there were still things like there was the the season ticket holder, you know, ten dollars to the to you know gift card. You know, there's still the issue with the you know the promises of safe standing and, you know, and then, you know, the, the switch and like, Oh, well, we're going to do it eventually. And, you know, there's, there were a lot of things I think that happened. And also there were a lot of fans there. Are, I think there are a lot of people out there that, you know, they, we never thought that the stadium was going to happen. Um, you know, there was a time period when we were looking at Baltimore and St. Louis and, you know, there was a whole rallying effort to get the stadium built. Um, so, you know, you, it's, it's sort of like, you know, you put a lot of effort into getting somebody elected to office, you know, you, it's an underground under, you know, a, a campaign, no one thinks is going to win, they win, you're really excited, and then they kind of get in there, and then they kind of get, you know, swooned by big business and big money, and they sort of go back on a lot of what they said. And, you know, it's, it's an investment that you get really upset about. So I think that's kind of what a lot of fans are feeling right now, you know, they put a lot of investment in this team, you know, they supported it when you know, very few people did, it was, you know, very much a laughing stock, you know, amongst, you know, sports talk radio, the media, Really, Stephen Goff was the only reporter really covering the team. Um, and so then I think, you know, to be sort of treated kind of like any other sports fan, I think it feels a little hurtful. Um, I think the team, they're doing a little bit better job to try to win people back. Um, but it's going to be an effort. Um, and it's going to be, it's going to take a lot to bring some of these people back. Because I think some of these people are kind of are kind of done. And they're kind of saying, you know what, I'll watch the team. And there's also, you know, there's the flow sports thing too. There's a lot of things I think that happened that kind of were very short-sighted. So... Uh, Pat, how many yeah, years have you I been mean, a season ticket holder? Even, even on the flow, like the flow deal, like flow is terrible. Like I tried it. I signed up for it with the, you know, when they gave the season ticket holders like a deal, I tried it for the first game for NYFC. It was garbage. I just canceled it and I was done with it. And I was like, I'll watch the national, I'll watch the national broadcasts or, you know, I'll just watch the highlights of, of the game. So like, I mean, the quality of flow is terrible, but I also think, I think you guys have said this before, but like, I don't know what the books of the team look like. And, like, I think the national deal or MLS that don't negotiate anything past, like, 2021. Mm-hmm. I mean, if Flo is giving, offering the team ridiculous amounts of money, they're like, all right, we'll just eat it for, we'll take a flyer on this this uh, this company for three years or whatever, take the money. And, I mean, if that goes into investing in the product on the field, like, it's definitely annoying. But, you know, I think we, I, I think if, if, if the next two years they continue to grow – uh, like I'm, I, I don't want to say I'm like, I, I don't know. I, 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 I come down as sort of like sort of indifferent on the flow thing, as long as the money goes into making the, the team better um, yeah, or I, making the club um, stronger. And I want to, I want to go back one, one thing that Ted was talking about. So Pat, how long have you been a season ticket holder? Is this your second year? You said. This is going to be my second year. I was a season ticket holder back in 2007. Uh, okay. as well um but i lapsed for a while so yeah so this is this is my this is my read on it and and we were we did that we did the poll we had 100 respondents um very scientific i think someone had a <laughs> somebody 
somebody was very upset by the fact that our data was was not good because we did not follow the scientific method correctly and didn't have a representative sample size <laughs> on our Twitter poll. Um, but uh, it seems like most of all the people who are lapsing are the long the long term the long term fans, the folks who have come in either just at Audi or a little bit before are much like much more likely to renew um, than the other folks. And I think what it is. Uh, is that people have gotten used to, and this is, I think, as Sebi talked about this on Pitch Pass, is you, you talked about it, the fact that the, the product is good. Anybody who goes to a game, they don't have to know anything about DC United. They don't have to know anything about the history. They don't have to know about RFK. They go, they have a good time, they enjoy it, they want to come back. So the game sells itself. Before it did, when we were at RFK, and you were there, you were there for a year, so you remember what this is like, the team had to make such oh, yeah. a concerted effort to build... A community with its fans they had to give them extra value they had to make them feel like part of something rather than just being a redskins or a, or a nats or a wizards ticket holder you're just you're just a person that consumes this product and you give us money and you come to the games rfk was so shitty and dc united was in, in its lean years was so bad they had to bend over backwards and sideways to make it worth your while to come out to this crap hole and they they knew that their that the appeal for most of the people were were the other people there they were it was lot eight was the appeal it was sitting in the supporter section that was the appeal it was being in this historical building and seeing this this team that had a tradition and legacy to it and feeling like you were part of it that obviously had it's changed uh, things change we moved at we moved buildings we're in a new, we're in a DC United 3.0 or whatever the hell at this point. <laughs> so those people, I think, feel a deficit from what they used to feel. And the, the connection they had to the club is changed. And it's not right and it's not wrong. And I don't think they're overestimating their, their value to the team or uh, how much their gripe should matter. I just think that the, their, 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 their partner has changed, right? They had a relationship that was one thing a long time ago. And one of the people in the relationship has changed and one of them hasn't. And it's time for that other person to move on. And it makes sense. It's logical. And the fact that there are new people to take it, take that person's place, tell you that the team isn't inherently bad. The brand is inherently bad. bad. It's attracting new people. It's just different now. It's a different beast. Uh, and it's something that we all have to just reckon with and, and understand. Uh, I think there's nothing wrong with people renewing or getting tickets now and, you know, not really caring about the fact that, you know, tradition is not, it, they're working on it. They're trying to make it a thing. It's not there yet. They're just there to have a good time, and they love the team, just like anyone who is a long timer loved the team. It's just that the relationship back to them is different now, and and people have different needs. That's that's a long way of saying that yeah. you know different strokes for different folks, but <laughs> that's kind of what it is. Yeah, yeah. I think I I think that's fair. And I mean, look, I, I don't think you could like the the atmosphere on the loud side in RFK was just unbeatable, and like I, I like it was just awesome, and I. I think sometimes, like when the whole stadium is rocking at Audi, I think it it, it feels as fun. But um, I think I, I guess I would say like I think there's been I think to your point I think there's been a, there's been a drop off in some areas, but maybe like the overall average experience has risen, and I think that's just the trade off. And like you're right, it's totally fair if people don't like that trade off. I just think the like average game day experience of people going to DC United has actually improved from RFK, and obviously I mean the quality of the soccer is better too. But in general, the game day experience on average is better. But I I, I, I Fair point that for some people, like you know, the lot eight and the loud side and all that has totally uh, has totally changed. It's like seeing a band at the Black Cat and then seeing them again nine years later at the Anthem. Same band, different context, different different experience. Uh, you and you change and you change along with uh, how you experience it. I think that's a I think that's a good analogy. RFK is definitely the the back room at DC Nine or the Red Room 
And uh, Audi Appeal is definitely the anthem yeah. to, to continue my yeah, music metaphor. Yeah, totally. And sort of to add to, to the overall experience, I, I think there have been things that were said initially. You know, I, I talked about the um, the uh, uh, the safe standing. Oh, yeah, the safe standing. I, I'm, I'm referring more to the game day experience. Okay. And I, I think there were things that were told, you know, we're going to have safe standing, you know, or we're going to, you know, and then – you know, they that was an issue. They sort of they said, "They do need that too." Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's lots of things they need, and also the roof. You know, <laughs> finishing the roof. the The stadium is still not finished. the The lack of respect for the history and, and the building that into the stadium. It seems like it's just very much very all advertising. Um, so I think that those are also kind of playing into into role, and then and they affect how how I viewed the club over the past couple. You know, I was fine with it. You know, hey, they built the new stadium. Okay, cool. You got the trophies out there. That's pretty cool. Um, you know, at, at the, at the event, but, you know, I was like, okay, well next year they're, you know, they're going to have, you know, you know, the banners, they're going to have the displays and everything like that. You know, I've, I, I, yeah, you know, I've, I've got, I can think of like five different places where they can put, you know, put those, put those locations and it would be cool. Um, you know, in my head and, and none of that happened. I mean, the, the experience is pretty much the same as it was, you know, July, you know, minus, you know, a piece of the stadium falling on their, um, on their, on their media person. Um, so it's pretty much been the same. And I think that's been also, and it's frustrating for me as well, because, you know, I have a lot of great memories of this club. I grew, I have grown up with this club. Um, I started watching them really when I was, you know, uh, 10, 11 years old, um, you know, in some, and even a little bit before that, um, you know, I been, went to games at RFK. And, and so for me being sort of a very much a longtime fan, you know, watches every game week in, week out, it's very frustrating, you know, to sort of see the history sort of go away. Um, not seeing Jaime Moreno's number up there, who I watched, you know, for years, um, put forward just some of the most joyous soccer I'd ever seen live. Um, so I think that also plays plays a role into some of, of what the fans are feeling. Uh, it's sort of the, the lack of respect for the history. Yeah, and I, I think that's totally right. I guess my view of that is that feels like it's, sh- I mean, the club has to fix it, but it, that feels like an easier thing for them to fix. Like, you know, hang some banners, put some stuff up, like make that more, a part of Audi Field, and that seems like a, that seems like a, like a low bar from the clear. So hopefully they they, they clear it. Um, and I mean, I think the safe standing thing is actually I mean, that's like so important. I mean, it's like a non-trivial reason why I'm not renewing in the supporter section, just because like some games it gets super packed in there. It's like people are stacked up standing on the floor and on the benches, and like it's just not it's like not super safe sometimes. Um, and it's not anybody's fault other than like people are just I think sneaking into the section. Um, but I think they I, I do think the team is kind of playing with fire on that front, actually. Yeah, and actually, I, I did my first game on Seattle, and actually, we had a good time. I'm actually, I'm actually going to. I think the next game, I'm going to go back there and sit there because um, I actually had a fun time, and it kind of brought me back. Um, and my, you know, my biggest concern and thirty dollars a ticket, like the other ticket you bought last time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was that was a that was, that was to sit with a friend. It was for his birthday, so um, and I, you know, finagled some 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 money in order to in, for my credit card in order to get those tickets um so uh so you know i i definitely want to go back to that section of the stadium um and you know when you talk about you know we've talked about all oh, the sight lines were incredible um i when i would watch you know games in the rfk i i would never really know what happened in the game um because i would the, the flags would yeah. go up i never really could tell what was going on um in the game otherwise i'd see the ball hit the back of the net and then it would be a goal and i'd be happy but that would be about it um this stadium you know i pretty much regardless of where i sit you know yeah the flag does get in the way of what i'm watching which you know i that's what i you know i'm fine with it i sign up for that but you know i can still at least know what how the game is going and everything and i can see the field 
Um, it's still it, it, Audi Field has some of the best sight lines I have ever seen for any stadium, any experience. So that in and of itself is yeah, really good. Every, I, yeah, I've sat in like three or four different sections, and it's all it's all awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. Which I think goes to like it's just like going to see this team, see these games is just such a such a pleasant experience compared to you know RFK was great for why it was great, but I mean. If you weren't sitting in the supporter section, I I think it was I, I honestly don't know what you were doing because like if you're sitting on the quiet side of RFK, like you're in these like weird, very slightly tilted <laughs> baseball stands, and like I, I mean, there's no flags in front of you, but your view is like not great. Right? Yeah, it was not great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, uh, thank you so much for calling, Pat. Um, Wiley, we're gonna let you let yeah, you go, but you you got, you got call some, back anytime. Pat. Yes, please call back. <laughs> Great podcast. Thank yeah, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I was um I think the video podcast I got recognized again at the game. Um when I was buying a beer, someone's like, Are you Ted? Uh, I think you probably saw like my card when I went to like swipe it. And then they told the beer he guy was looking like at your, he was looking at your the name on your credit card if you swiped it? Possibly. I'm thinking I'm thinking that's what it was. I, I don't know. He said, Are you Ted? He might have recognized me. Who knows? Um Yeah, I think the, so that we have a we have a uh we have a situation here. A if we do the video, we get recognized at the stadium, which got you know feels pretty damn good. You got to admit, feels great. <laughs> uh, if, they, if we don't show the video and just do the sound, we get a shit ton more callers because people don't want to look at our faces and they just want to talk. <laughs> so it's sort of it's sort of a you know double edged sword here. Double edged, double edged sword. Um, but I think I think it's interesting. I think there definitely is you know and and to me what what we just heard right now is sort of um, kind of what. You know, the team, the team has kind of said, you know, they feel that they can replace, you know, old time season ticket holders, you know, with people who are new or who are um, people who are new or people who are uh, who haven't been there for very long. So, you know, I think, you know, it's interesting to hear a person come in and say, well, I think that, you know, the, the experience is fine. You know, I, I, yeah, I was a season ticket holder, you know, in 2007, you know, I did a little bit, but, you know, I, I'm kind of back in and I think it's really fine. I think there's a lot of. Um, a lot of sort of over, you know, what some, what I've heard some people say, there's a lot of kind of over, um, uh, over importance that some of the older fans think that they are. Um, and, uh, I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, I, I want some of those people to come back. There are people, uh, there are people, uh, there are people out there that, um, there are people out there that, that, you know, I want to, uh, that I want to come back to games that don't go anymore. So. Um, definitely the quality there's some quality fans out there that we've lost um, I feel yeah I, I think we you know we, we've talked this to death and I think we'll continue to talk it as people decide and not decide for for next year um, but there is uh, you lose something when you lose that history right I think the team the team sort of has made that decision right in a lot of ways that uh, you sometimes you forego the past to build your future a little bit and you want you want newer fans who are going to be fans for longer uh, not everyone who's a 96er stayed till now most of them didn't a large you know almost all yeah. of them didn't um so and there and there's something to be said to have to have new fans that don't have necessarily the negative baggage associated with the leaner years at rfk you lost a lot of the folks that went through the winning years and and would you know walk through fire to continue to go to these games i think that some of those were some of them went through the fire of the late 2000s and were like actually no this sucks i, I can't <laughs> i can't do this anymore um, yeah, I, I think they're going to be fine. I really do based on, you know, based on our scientific poll and, you know, things that I've seen on Reddit and things that I've seen elsewhere, they're going to be fine. It's not going to be big empty seats next year for, for no Rooney. The fact that they locked in the prices for this year and also enabled you to lock in your price for multiple years 
I think there's something to that. I mean, again, in a different world, I, I'm I'm signing that five year contract where I don't live in Stafford County or you don't live in Richmond. <laughs> we if we lived back where we did when we were in our early twenties. I assume it would be a little bit different. Uh, RFK was was a, was no was easy, and you could get out of there really really, really easy, and it would seem like it was just you were popping around the corner to see a game, and then you were home in twenty minutes. At least the, at least how it used to be for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was super super easy to get to. I think if we if I if I live closer to uh, and had the disposable income uh, to do it, I would definitely do it. But um. You know, I yeah, I, I think it's a very different experience too when you're going week in week out than when you're going like me who goes. You know, I've gone more than I ever thought I would. Uh, there were times yeah. I thought maybe I'd go to like a couple games. Usually, I've done two games. I do like the first game and like the last game or a playoff game or something like that. And this time, I think I've gone to like five games. It's been it's been kind of ridiculous. Um, something that's been kind of happenstance. I don't know if that'll be repeatable. Um, and I also have some money. Yeah, <laughs> but Look, Ted talking about his money. I I think I'll probably be new. I'll be you next year. My, yeah. My hope my hope is to go to four or five games, uh, and you know sneak what I can and and be watching on flow and complaining about everything else. <laughs> uh, with all with all of you who have it drop out. We ever do we ever talk about the fact I, that the I don't think the, yeah I don't think we covered it, that. It, it didn't make it through. Yeah. So the start of the game, a lot of I mean we heard about it. It's very cool, by the way. The side effect, the the side benefit of having a podcast that people listen to is that if anything goes wrong, like a shit ton of people will tweet you directly. <laughs> That's like the tech support page. Like, yes. hey, I don't know if you know this, but uh, the, uh. Geo, the geofence around Flow Sports isn't working and no one can watch it. And then you get a lot of notifications. So uh, once again, the, the, the zip code, whatever the hell that they use, their, their dragnet for who can access Flow Sports was malfunctioning. And people in the city and around the city could not watch the game, at least couldn't watch the pregame. I think by the time the game started, they were good. But then one, once again, the at DC United account was doing like tech support. Like, hey, uh, hey, t- hey, hey, Greg, uh, make sure you uh, flush your cache, uh, <laughs> reset your DNS, and uh, I feel uh, you be good to go. I feel really bad for the people that run social media accounts for sports teams. Like, that's got to be like the most like. And they don't make any money. Yeah, like yeah. Quadruple quadruple whammy. Yeah, and, and they get yelled at over thing. I mean there there are I think there were people I think when the social media person was posting about how we had clinched the playoffs and everything and there are people out there being like, Oh, why why are you so excited? And I'm like I was like, Everybody, just 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 leave them alone. Just leave them alone. Just let's give props <laughs> to the new DC United Twitter yeah. person. Oh heck yes from, from Carolina. Yeah. She uh she is she's up the meme game like tremendously yeah i i expect to see more spongebob memes i think if she really wants to endear herself <laughs> to at least us more spongebob memes would be good but uh it's it's good it's good guys the thing that we were i have been annoyed about by this team is that we are in the the year of our lord 2019 and the social media tricks and trades that they were they were they were just leaving money on the table by not really really leaning into this and seeing how the rest of not just mls but sports teams engage uh, their fans and don't just like push information at them. Like here's an article from our website. You should buy tickets. Yeah. Here's another, here's an ad from our sponsor. It's, like they, they, it's, you can't do it like this. It's, it's a personality thing too. It gives your account a little bit of personality and, and people engage with it and people want to, um, uh, and people want to, you know, actually engage and, and enjoy, you know, what you have to read and what you have to see. So, you know, I think that was, um, I think that that was certainly it's good. It's good to see that type of content sort of come out. It's also good to see the team. They've invested, I think, in someone who speaks Spanish on the sideline. So we get perspectives from Luciano Costa. We get perspectives from all the Spanish, um, uh, all the Spanish, uh, you know, players, players who speak Spanish, um, the Latino players 
that we bring into the club. So I think that's something that the team has been very good about this season. And, um, you know, the Flow Sports deal is the Flow Sports deal. Um, anyone hoping they're going to get out of it, it's not going to happen. Flow Sports is going to be here. I don't, I fully project they're going to see out their contract. For sure. Things need to get better. Um, no question about it. it. I'm very, very worried about that renewal date, whether I'm still going to be able to get the the same sort of price um, or the discounted rate. Just to join a supporters. What's that? And then you get a discount. You just join a supporters no. group and you get the season ticket away discount. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I got the discount and everything. So, I mean, I got the discount yeah. this year. I'm just worried that they're going to take it away next season that sounds like no something. way no way there'll be like eight people subscribe to that service <laughs> if they do that yeah there's no way and i would people be forced will... to be like one of them probably because i have no be... other choice yeah that's uh, maybe i think i think your i think your vpn skills would increase greatly uh, if that were to happen <laughs> yeah all right um it, it, uh, one more thing well yeah i would just say about flow uh like ted said they will see out their contract uh, barring some situation where they accidentally broadcast porn or something on close sports <laughs> during a game, they will see it out. If you're, you're here, it's your RFK refugees promise. If that doesn't happen, if the describe, if the, the aforementioned, uh, accidental porn airing doesn't happen, uh, I will replace Ted with a chocolate lab, uh, on the pod. And that we'll, we'll do an episode where I talk to my dog exclusively. Uh, if this happens, that's how confident I am that this won't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but if it does, it will be pretty funny. So you really won't, you really can't lose. I think is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And um, I, I, I think, yeah, it's, it's not going to happen. I'm sorry, guys. No. Yeah. We're stuck with flow. We have no, to deal with no it. Let, let's, let's just hope that whatever MLS has up their sleeve for the local national rights that, that they're talking about. Um, let's just hope that they do not decide to go with flow. And then we are done with this nightmare and this nightmare is over. Um, yeah, but it will be kind of sad. Cause then we lose, probably lose Dave Johnson, which would be pretty sad. Dave cannot be killed by conventional means. <laughs> Wherever this game is broadcast, he will, he will set up a pirate radio station outside of Audi field and, and broadcast the game. I'm, I'm certain of it. Okay. All right. Oh, anything else we want to talk about? No, I think we've. Uh, we, I think we should. You and I should go get ready to play some FIFA 20. Yeah, man. Yeah, I don't know if we'll live stream this. We'll figure it out. I'm not sure. But anyway, if we do, if we do, we'll throw a link up uh, for you to watch us <laughs> grope blindly into FIFA 20. Yes, yes. Um, anyway, uh, I guess that's it. Thank you all so much for listening to this video, this podcast. We're going to work and trying to make this a little bit better. Um, you've been listening to the RFQ Refugees podcast. Find us on Patreon.com/slash RFQ Refugees. Uh, if you want to donate, uh, twitter.com slash refugees, facebook.com, uh, search the RFQ Refugees podcast. You guys have been awesome, and we will catch you all next week. Vamos. Thank you for the calls. Vamos. Yes, thank you for the calls. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFQ Refugees Podcast, back with you. John here, Ted here, joined with a very, very special guest. Um, he's a fine person, wonderful person, wonderful podcaster. He just happens to support the wrong soccer team. And we all know we do not get angry at people who support different soccer teams. We just make fun of them relentlessly. Mark, how are you doing, my friend? I'm, that's quite an intro. I, thank you for having me, I think. Yes, <laughs> very happy to be here. Great, great. Uh, always a pleasure to have you on. Uh, you, we have a game next week against uh, a team that I think I think you reflexively support uh, called the New York Red Bulls. Um, yes. How are things been going with your team? I, I feel like you guys were like kind of 
suffered maybe a little bit of what DC is. It's kind of like you guys are tumbling, stumbling, and then you go and you get a 2 nothing win against Philly, and suddenly everything seems golden, right? Is that how it works? Well, first of all, it's it's not just stumbling, stumbling, it, and it wasn't just a 2 nothing win against Philly because we had beat Portland by actually scoring goals and not relying on an own goal for a victory uh, a few hey days now. earlier. But, you know, the story of the 2019 Red Bulls is consistently inconsistent. And I know that there are a lot of parallels with what uh, D.C. United and their fans have been going through. The difference for us is we're coming off the best season in MLS history with 71 points in the Shield last year. And so the difference between the 2018 team and the 2019 team at first blush doesn't seem that different. But there are two main factors that that have led to the team being basically one game over 500 and in in the middle of the pack in the East. And that's one, Tyler Adams was sold to Red Bull Leipzig, uh, you know, New York playing the dutiful uh, feeder club to, to Leipzig, the big brother, and selling, frankly, I, I think, who will turn out to be a generational player in American soccer. Um, in the defensive midfield, he, he he was able to gobble up so much space and disrupt so much attack from from New York's opponents last year that uh, it helped them be the best defensive team in the league. He made that back line of Lawrence and Long and Parker and Murillo look spectacular. And I know that because this year he's not there and they don't look spectacular. Um, <laughs> Sean Davis and Mark Tchaikovsky are trying to replicate what Adams did, and, and they can't do that because they're not him. The other piece that's radically different is that Bradley Wright Phillips has fallen off a cliff in terms of his production. He was dealing with a groin injury, and when you're the wrong side of 34, a, a groin injury can be extremely detrimental to your ability to be the person player you were. And he scored two goals in the last 12 months. And so while he was out, Young Brian White, uh, Jersey player who was a draft pick out of Duke, picked up a, a decent amount of the slack. But you don't just simply replace Bradley Wright Phillips and get the same output. So there have been fewer goals and more goals conceded. And that's that's kind of why we're here battling for fourth place in the East on Sunday. Give me a sense, because uh, I know there's been a lot of, um, I guess, uh, anger, upsetness, malaise uh, towards uh, your coach, Chris Armis, um, despite yeah. him taking over for Jesse Marsh, leading you guys to a supporter shield last season. Uh, it seems like he may have worn out his welcome. Where do you stand on the um, Armis in, Armis out? Do you think? Yeah, he... I, I'm really torn uh, with it, to, to be honest with you. And I'm torn because I think that he, again, those two pieces that I mentioned before Neither of those have to do with him, right? Um, he didn't necessarily sell Tyler Adams to Leipzig, and he did not injure Bradley Wright Phillips. So any coach dealing with that type of situation is going to deal with some regression. And also consider the fact that, I mean, you can't set the all-time points record in MLS and then go up from there, realistically, right? Uh, especially in a league that continues to get better, and your ownership is not really spending. Um, and so, you know, the, the challenges that they face there is among the challenges that they face is, um, you know, Armis is trying to come up with a different way to play than what we call EDS, which stands for energy drink soccer, 
which is the full-on balls-to-the-wall press all the time um, because that didn't do too well for us in the playoffs against Atlanta, especially when they moved away from the press and they got smacked uh, 3-0 at the, at the away leg and made the rest of the playoffs really kind of moot for New York. So the fact that Armas is trying to do different things, the fact that right back has been a question mark through most of the year, it's been a rotating door there, um, fans just see a tremendous amount of regression from last season and they want blood. And from, for my money, the blood should be spilled three ways between Armas, the GM and the ownership. The fans though tend to focus exclusively on Armas. Do you think the team can still, cause I think what, what's been sort of talked about a lot with the, with the Red Bulls is sort of, they, they've just sort of built this system that they're, they're a system type team. They're not a team that's going to go in and, and spend a lot of money. Um, yep. Would you say that uh, MLS might be potentially passing them by a little bit with the amount of spending that's sort of been going on? I, I think that's a, a really fair question, um, except when you can. I mean, if we talk about the difference between 2018 and 2019, again, it's not like Tyler Adams was breaking the bank. They haven't really brought anyone meaningful in. They spent for Kaku last year. Um, so, I mean, let, let's look at the top of the East. I mean, City, Atlanta, obviously, and Philly. Um, I, I don't know if I would call Philly a big spending team. I definitely would call Atlanta a big spending team. I think New York City spends fine. They don't really have any big names. And then on the other side, it's LAFC. That is clearly a big spending team. The top four over there, you've got the Galaxy with Ibra, sure. Seattle and Minnesota, yeah, maybe Seattle a little bit more. Minnesota, definitely not. So, uh, you know, I, I agree with, I think it's a common refrain and common narrative that you've got to spend to be uh, considered elite. The Red Bulls proved last year that you don't have to do that. Of course, they didn't win the shiny cup at the end of the year, but that's a constant since 1996. So um, it, it, it's a it's a fair question. I, I just think um, the sample size is a little different. Uh, and by the way, I mean, LAFC's form over the last few months hasn't what I would call be as lights out. In fact, they're on an O- one and four jag and at one point the idea that they were going to surpass the red bull 71 points was a given getting points getting uh, points one at a time is not going to do that for them so things have gone a little sideways at lafc uh and it's great to come out of the box great you know strong but 34 games is a marathon not a sprint so as another guy on the other side of 34 uh like bradley wright phillips uh <laughs> I was looking sort of. I wanted. I wanted to catch up on our on our previous meeting this year. I think I still think it's crazy that both of these games have been in the last uh, month and a half of the season versus sort of spreading it out. It's not interesting that they backloaded uh, one of MLS's original and still one of the I think best rivalries. Uh, hopefully, we both finish with eleven men on the field. I think that would be good for the game uh, and make it a little <laughs> bit more exciting. But we're both coming off. We're both coming off a little bit. You know, ours is one game longer than yours, but uh, a little bit of a hot streak here. Both yeah. sort of. We're both angling for a home game in the playoffs. Yep. Um, it's it's a it's it should be an interesting game. These teams both have the exact same thing to play for and are almost in the exact same spot <laughs> from a form perspective. What are you expecting to see out there this weekend? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, Kaku had been held through most of the first hour of the Philly game this weekend because he had picked up a little bit of a knock against Seattle. I think the rest was really, really good for him. We saw the best out of Josh Sims, who is the uh, winger from Southampton. 
that was the summer signing, if you will. It was very strange. He was he signed, he signed on a four month loan from Southampton, so he could have three games left before he turns around and go back and, and goes back. He showed very well against Portland. Was very very active against Philly. Um, that that'll be a plus. Kyle Duncan has been a revelation for New York this week. Again, I had mentioned um, uh, kind of right back by committee. Duncan was named to the MLS Team of the Week. Team of the Week single-handedly finished off Portland. Very, very strong against uh, against Philadelphia last week. I think he's going to have something to say. Yeah, I mean, this is exactly what you want. Um, DC seems to be a decent road team as well. Six, six, and four on the road is as good as anybody on the road outside of LAFC and, ML- and MLS this year. I mean, that is they have the second most road wins, tied for second, in the league. And the Red Bulls, after kind of having some very poor losses to very bad teams early this year. They're 9-5-2 and two at home, which the five losses represents the most home losses in a year in the Red Bull Arena era. It's not an elite number for sure. And consider the teams they've lost. They lost to Columbus at home. They lost to Orlando at home. They lost to Montreal at home. I mean, like, these are all teams that aren't going to make the playoffs and all teams that were able to come in to, to Red Bull Arena and get points. Um, yeah, I mean... This, uh, if if Rooney can keep his elbow uh, and his forearm <laughs> shiver cocked and put away this week, I think he has a chance of finishing of finishing the uh, the match. I think I know Casares is I'm sure is looking out for it, but um, yeah, I mean it, it. These are two teams that have gotten a little bit uh, to call them hot. Sure, there's a little bit of a spark there. I don't think either of them is playing Sterling ball. Although DC, I think, impressed beating Seattle at home the other night. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, n- no result would surprise me in this match. A one-goal win in either direction, a-, a blowout would surprise me because I think, as you said, rightly, these teams are really, really tight. They're very familiar with each other. Um, there's there's bad blood, as there always is, especially, as you said, when these two teams play. So I, I-, I-, I disagree with you about having to wait until the, f- the late summer to, to play. Um, I think it takes away a little bit of something, but I'm glad that the two teams are playing this late in the season and was picked up on national TV, which is yeah. great. And, and uh, to, to that to that regard, we, you touched a little bit on this, um, but there's been a lot of discussion about the DC New York Red Bulls rivalry. You know, used I mean, this used to be back even you know when they were the Metro Stars. This was in the most heated rivalry in Major League Soccer. I mean, this was Portland yeah. Seattle before Portland and Seattle. Um, as much as those teams want to each think they invented soccer, I guess, what do you think sort of the future of this rivalry holds? Do you think there's any chance it can kind of rekindle maybe a bit of that 90, you know, early MLS spirit, um, especially with DC, maybe able to spend some more money to get involved? Or do you think the New York City FC rivalry will just kind of take it over? Well, I think it, it speaks to the idea that we're, we're now a generation into the lifespan of this league and of this rivalry right and the number of uh, gray-bearded old-school 96ers you know like you and me are few and far between frankly i mean they're there for sure but there are a lot more new blood coming in i i, I don't know i mean if i'm a seattle or portland fan and and heard what you just said these two teams have been playing since 1974 against each other so i mean to to call that somehow a relatively recent rivalry. I, I, I'm sure they would take umbrage. Um, uh, to, to be to be frank, you know, neither the Red Bulls nor NYCFC get any press in the New York market. They're completely ignored by the media. No one is writing about them. NYCFC is having 
a phenomenal season. They're 16, 5, and 10. Five losses in a season? I mean, that is, that's tremendous. They're incredibly hard to break down. They always come from behind. They have, they have a winning record when, going, when conceding the first goal. And no one's talking about them. So I, I guess the question I have to, say, to ask is, you know, we talk about rekindling and all that. I mean, I think, I think more playoff games between the two could, could do that if these teams end up in the same position and meet in the first round of the playoffs in a couple of weeks' time. That, that would, I think, be a good thing. But I think the question we have to ask is, I think it's very, fa- I think it's very fashionable for people to say, oh, it's an old rivalry and it doesn't matter anymore. And but, you know, to the people that it matters, it matters. And, um, you know, I know the union like to think that we're their rivals. I'm sure they'd like to think that, that, that they're your rivals, too. I don't necessarily feel any sense of rivalry towards Philadelphia, who just arrived a decade ago. So, you know, there's been a lot of attention on the Hudson River Derby matches. Um, it's the, the, the few times during the year that I think any of the mainstream media pays attention to this league and the, the local teams that play in it. Um, for my money though, I've been, I've been rooting against DC for two and a half decades and I have no desire to stop doing that. And the game will be meaningful. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always something, it's always been a game. I circle on my calendar. It's when the schedule comes out, it's the first game I look at. When is yeah. when is DC playing the Red Bulls? And that's usually a game I try to go up to. I uh, didn't make it this week because they played it on a Wednesday, and that was very stupid of them. Which uh, is terrible. Yeah, it's, it's awful. Terrible. It's awful. It makes no sense. Yeah, it, it really it really made no sense, and it really robbed me that opportunity. So I'm hopeful that we play you all in the playoffs because then I get that I get that experience. Um, but I just think I think there needs to be a moment, I so, uh, so to speak, between these two teams, and that just hasn't happened since. Really, probably you can argue. I'm sure we like to think about 2012. You guys probably like to think about 2014 when you guys yep. finally got over the hump. That's the um, loss ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I think there's there's been sort of a lack of a moment, I guess, between these two clubs, and a large part of that is because DC just you know hasn't had the will to be spending and, and to be competitive. So I'm hopeful that now that we're kind of entering this new era with with you know the, the rivalry at Audi Field, that that something will will get going. Um, one player I wanted to, to bring up, sort of shifting focus back to the team, um, is, yeah. is uh, Kaku. Um, yeah. After the whole incident, the, the kicking in the stands and, and everything like that, it's almost been kind of a little quiet. Um, I think he's had at least a couple moments I've seen him out there on the field. What sort of his status? Because he also has been, you know, there's been rumors about him wanting to transfer. What, what's the sort of the latest on him? Right. So Kaku, unfortunately, has been... For most of the, the last month, he really has been the club's best player, frankly. Um, he, his ability to, to put the distractions behind him, I think, have been welcome. Remember, he, he just turned, I mean, to say a, a young player is 24, you know, maybe, maybe not. His numbers are way, way down from last year. Last year, he was uh, um, six goals and 14 assists. In 30 matches this year, five goals and six assists in 24 matches. Um, started in training camp last year, he was he and his agent were very very public about their desire to be sold to Club America, um, and he was benched early in the in the CCL because of that because it was such a distraction. He was going on social media, he was po- uh, posting eagle uh, emojis 
on his Instagram and I wish I was an eagle and things like that and just really childish stuff, frankly. Um, then came the unfortunate situation in Kansas City. And listen, there's, there's really no defense. He shouldn't have done it. I, I don't believe he was aiming to injure anyone. I, I think anyone that looked at that play could see he was frustrated and kicked at the ball and put it in such an angle that it went to the crowd. And I, I'm, I'm not absolving him of guilt whatsoever listeners I'm, I'm not you know he made a massive mistake <laughs> it, it was it was horrible i mean it was a horrible mistake um you know he does have two goals and two assists in his last uh six matches so and one of those he didn't play which was against portland um so his last five matches two goals two assists it's pretty good and there, there are guys that are certainly doing a bit more um, in the league, but you know, he, you could argue that he's kind of starting to heat up Had a nice goal against Seattle. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he's on the team in 2020, but he's not the only one who I think is, has an eye on what his future is outside the team. I, I think most of the season has been, um, just kind of meze meze, right? I mean, it's just, it's not great. I actually t- took a look today. This year right now is the 10th best year in club history out of 24 seasons, which you think, <laughs> well, that's in the top half. That's fine. But when you consider that four of the top six years have all come, uh, seasons have all come since 2013, it's just kind of meh. And I think the bar is just higher. And again, they've regressed over 20 points from last year in the standings, and they've lost to teams like Montreal and Columbus and Orlando at home. So, you know, as Kaku goes, so go the Red Bulls. I don't, I don't know if they can necessarily win key games unless he's on and, and tracking, frankly. But uh, it's been a ride with him for sure. All right. Uh, I guess uh, we'll let you wrap up. Uh, what What's your prediction for this game coming up uh, on Sunday on FS1, Under the Lights? Under the It's a night game. A night game, exactly. Listen, back folks, they play soccer at night under the lights. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, you know, as I said, I think this could go either way. I mean, the match down at Audi Field was decided on a dicey penalty. I think we all can kind of agree that was... It was a dive. It's okay, Mark. Quite well by Mario. I mean, that was really something. Um, I mean, I, I would... I wish I had a, a, a straight... I haven't really looked into the tactical analysis. We're not doing seeing red till later in the week. But I, I could see 2-1 in either way or 2-2 two, two draw, uh, which, you know, I think both teams would take. Who does D.C. close with? Help me out. FC Cincinnati. We got the biggest cupcake oh. of all. You, you got a, you've got a medium-sized cupcake. We have the largest king-sized cupcake. For, yeah, for yeah. Although they have been a little better of late. Last I'll take that three eleven and two road record though. I think I'll I'll take my chances. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's fair. And I know that uh, for the Red Bulls, Piotti loves to put a stick a knife in and twist it. So um, yeah, I mean I think it's safe to say that New York doesn't finish above DC without winning on Sunday. Um, so why not? Let's say two one Red Bulls. All right. Uh, see, I, I love how you stick to your guns and and you 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 you're gonna stick with your team and that's and that's why we bring you on here. Um, go. I, I'm gonna go three nothing DC because I, I want to twist that knife. So <laughs> okay, uh, I I will go two nothing. This team has all of a sudden uh, become uh, Fort Knox, and it would be really cool if they were able to do that 
against an Eastern Conference foe uh, Dude, at home. Bill Hamid does not seize the red jersey and he curls up in a ball. Come on, man. Except for that one <laughs> time. I feel like there was that one time when he didn't. I think there was a. I think there was a thing that happened that we all remember. But yeah, I, I think. Uh, I think two nothing. And then I think Cincinnati. He wasn't uh, on the field that time. What are you talking about? <laughs> it was. It was an emotional red leadership card perspective. He was yelling slogans in the hallway at Red Bull Arena. He had nothing to do with that. Very effectively, he's, he was working on his marketing degree. He was getting All credits right. in his uh, in his uh, extension classes. So yeah. two nothing, victory. Two nothing. All right. Okay. <laughs> so we're going. We're going. We're going. Uh, Mark, tell the good people where they can listen to you, where they can find you. Um, you're These big time. People don't want to find me. <laughs> you never know. You never uh, know. A weird crossover. The, it, yeah. the quixotically named Mark Fishkin on Twitter or Seeing Red NY. If you want to hear us preview DC United uh, from our point of view later this week, our show should be out by Thursday. Um, if you're coming up for the match, which again, Sunday at five, not really great for, for traveling fans. Um, and, and not really great for Jewish fans either because it's Rosh Hashanah that night. Really not good oh. at scheduling. So, uh, but if you come up, uh, be safe, be smart. Um, don't try to enter the South Ward. Uh, and don't bring your hoods that uh, beat up the Seattle guy, okay? Thanks. <laughs> oh, oof, oof, oof. Thank well, you. Well, <laughs> we didn't do it, Mark. We didn't do I it. Know, but We're not please. answering for these people. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Mark. Yeah, thank, thank you, you Mark. thank you, Mark, so much for joining us. And uh, not best of luck next week, but not too much luck. I'll say that. I get it. Right back at you. <laughs> all right. Uh, and with that, uh, thank you so much to Mark Fishkin for joining us. And uh, we will catch you all next week. Vamos. <laughs> <laughs>